0: Que Paso Cuchinos and Sucias, I'm That Bato Gallo. Welcome to another episode of Sucias Are My Favorite. So today's episode, I'm going to be talking about roller Derby. I really didn't want to talk about it so much, just uh, I wanted the podcast to grow on its own from what um, you learn and know about me, rather than a topic that a lot of people seem to just have a lot of fascination with. Um... Normally, if I mention, you know, all the other things that I am, like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, you know, you're this, you're that, biker, whatever. Uh, but once I mention roller derby, like, oh my god, what's that like? And so, if I'm looking for a cheap way to start a conversation with someone, then I'll mention roller derby. Otherwise, I'll just be myself, so to speak. In any case, um, so I have a somewhat love slash frustration relationship with roller derby. It is, for the most part, love. I love the friends I've made over the years. I've loved the camaraderie that there is just inherent in roller derby. There's very little judgment in roller derby compared to other uh, circles or activities that you can be involved in. With roller derby, what I dislike the most is the whole league idea. So WFTDA, the largest entity or league that Um, roller derby plays under is women's flat track, uh, derby association, right? Yeah. Um, there's others, uh, there's old school word. Um, and, and they have, well, old school is just old school roller derby, which I think is more towards the old style of from the 60s, 70s, 80s word, which I don't recall their, um, Rule set because there there's so few people so few teams playing under that rule set, um, but there's a few rule sets or leagues that have their own thing and depending on where they're at, a lot of times people or sorry teams that end up playing under different rule sets is because they realize they don't have a chance of getting into WIFTA or WIFTADA as they would prefer you to say it. WIFTA rule set has kind of a long process to become a member become essentially a team that can be ranked also depending on where you live you're not you may not be close to a team that can play against you so you just kind of play under whatever rules that you can find in any case my issue with wifta the largest one of all is that they are the league that governs over makes decides and makes the rules and all kinds of other things but the most frustrating part about it is that that's essentially kind of what they do they they kind of strong army teams into paying the league money, but they don't seem to do a lot for the leagues Now, I haven't been on any boards, or I've been on two different boards, but not board of directors, um, league boards, I forgot they were called, but essentially uh, members that kind of make rules for the team and how they should govern themselves. But then there's a separate part that makes contracts with dealing with other teams that can play them. And then there's the other people, board members that deal with, speaking directly with wifta and usually it's like two people that do that from my understanding though is that wifta essentially is somewhat of a dictatorship they tell teams what they're going to do what they expect of them but they don't do much for them for example one of the things is to play um any game you have to have insurance health insurance fine that makes sense however wifta will force you to buy either their insurance or us roller sports um The governing body in the U.S. over figure skating and ice skating and all that stuff. Um, There's a team, what's U.S. something, I forgot what it was called. I can't think of it at the moment. But you can get insurance either through WIFTA or through this other entity. And it's more of a supplemental insurance. So even if you have, let's say, federal level Blue Cross Blue Shield that will cover anything that happens to you anywhere, in or out of work, WIFTA will still want you to have their supplemental insurance which really doesn't do much. It changes every few years. At one point it would only cover like $50 off of your, an emergency, um, an ambulance having to come pick you up. It only cover 50 bucks of that. Um, I mean, very low tier, but at the same time, it's a very cheap insurance. I want to say it was like 40 bucks or $20 a year, but without that insurance coverage, you're not allowed to play. And technically you're not allowed to even practice without that. Though some leagues will allow you to play and practice. If you have your own personal insurance. And only require you to have the WIFTA insurance if you play against other teams. Major league sports, the league is in charge of a lot of more things: disputes, scheduling teams to play against each other, which WIFTA has nothing to do. The individual the individual teams have to decide or determine how they're going to um, play each other. They got to do their own scheduling, got to do their own things. Uh, WIFTA says you got to play, you know, x amount of teams per year. The ranking system is somewhat kind of like college in that it doesn't make sense unless you're really a math or math geek or math nerd. Some ranking systems you depending on who you play, if you it's a uh, team that's ranked five or ten plays against a team ranked ninety-five, that number five team has to win by hundreds of points. Otherwise the lower ranked team, the 95 team could shoot up 10, 12, 15 ranks if they just lose if they lose by less than 500 or less than 300 and actually manage to get a couple of points on the score. So there's times where you can see a game that's 328 to 6. Those kind of games happen. And they can't, you know, I mean, they could forfeit, but it hurts uh, the higher-ranked team. There's a lot of things that just kind of the disparity between teams oftentimes is unknown because it's all kind of a volunteer situation. The second frustration I have with Derby is the leagues, quote-unquote. Whereas each major city or each city that it has, roller derby usually has more than one team. And so they call themselves a league that's under the WIFTA league. That aside, there's usually at least, well, there's often at least one team per city, which is the A team, the travel team that goes and plays other cities against their A team. Uh, The roster is limited to 20 skaters. I think it's four alternates in case someone gets hurt or whatever. The B team is usually almost A-level skaters or or skaters that are not quite A-level or they are A-level skaters, but they can't have more than 20 on the A team. So the B team is just kind of those, like a backup alternate, which also plays other B-level teams across the country. Larger cities that can afford it will have home teams, usually either two or four teams that play against each other. And that's the money that, or by having the home games that people can come watch as well as the A-team games. Usually it's like home team game, playing each other, and then it's the A-team game that plays. And when they play each other, they get that money to, from ticket sales, merch sales, all that other stuff to be able to travel to other cities to play other teams. And oftentimes, sometimes a A-level skater will play on a home team. And a joke amongst uh, roller derby is that the significant other of a skater is usually called a derby widow because after they're 9 to 5 from work, Then they spend two to four hours a day after work practicing and sometimes at a minimum of three days a week, oftentimes up to five, six, or seven days a week that all this playing goes along or all this practice goes on. (sighs) My biggest frustration with roller derby is the team names or city and team names. So if I were to say to you, um, do you know who the Yankees are? The Lakers, Astros, Falcons? you can probably tell what sport I am, what I'm talking about just by the name of the team without having to say what city they're from in roller derby. They tried to be cute. And of course, this kind of goes back to their old beginnings back around 2003. When uh, roller derby was making a resurgence and coming back, it was essentially kind of like wrestling on wheels, which it's a fun game. It's a spectacle, but around 2008, 2010 teams started getting serious and changing their uh, mindset from being a Uh, drinking team with a skating problem to now athletes who want recognition, who are actually fighting their way to get recognized on ESPN. But here's a problem I see that roller derby won't be taken seriously for a long time until they change this one aspect and it's the team names and the city names. So there are very few roller derby teams or leagues that use the city name in the um, name of their league. Houston Roller Derby, Tampa Bay, and Atlanta are the only ones that really come to mind. And then, well, there's also the LA Derby Dolls. The Derby Dolls had trademarked or copyrighted their name, so any team that names themselves Derby Dolls automatically gets sued. They'll get sued, change their name. And it's kind of amusing because I know a couple of teams that try to sneak by and do it, and they still get sued. And they change their name pretty quickly after that. What else, what else? The frustrating part of these names is does anyone know where Naptown is? Rat City. Gold Coast. Lincoln City. There's, there's all these silly, cute names. With very few exceptions, you would know where they are without being from the same region. Where Naptown is Indianapolis, Rat City is Seattle, Gold Coast is I forgot. I want to say Gold Coast is Australia, but I'm not 100% sure on that. The only one I can think of that can transcend all these other team names is Alamo City. Where's the Alamo? I mean, you know, it's in Texas, you might not know what city it is, but you'll probably know that it is in Texas. And most teams, they do have a team name, but more often than not, they're all-stars or something to that effect that just kind of says, okay, we're the team for this league. So Gotham, I think it's Gotham city, all-stars. And most of the time within Derby, you don't say the team you're playing. You just say the league, which would be, um, Alamo city, Alamo is playing Gotham, Rat city, versus AZ or Arizona. So Arizona roller derby is kind of like a statewide thing because there's only so so many teams that can play. Which really doesn't matter within the roller derby community because most teams, players, skaters, officials, kind of pay attention to the news, see who plays who, see who plays at particular um not conventions. Damn it. Tournaments. So there's different teams that play on tournaments and most of the time people will see them like, okay, yeah, my team's playing, that team's playing. So they get to learn about other teams, other leagues. But for the most part, they're learning about the league name, not the team name. That's one. B, it's the the team names themselves. Aside from team names, it's the skater names, which I am guilty of as well. But Most skaters have some type of sexualized uh, version of a name that kind of makes fun of a celebrity name. So, or even porn star. So there's like Jenna Jamerson making fun of Jenna Jameson, the porn star. Doogie Fowler, which is Doogie Howser, MD. Bustin' Beavers. Sir Smash a lot. You know, there's, there's a lot of sexualized names in roller derby. And some people are changing their names to be more user-friendly. There's one skater. Uh, her name is Eat My Poussier, which Poussier in French is dust. So Eat My Dust. But in English, Poussier sounds like another word. So it's kind of a play on um, double entendres. Sorry, I'm a little slow today because I, I I had food poisoning yesterday, so yeah, I'm still recovering, but I'm better now. Which he goes by the nickname Poos if it ever um, if it ever is an issue, because some teams will have a stipulation that they can't use vulgar names or vulgar language at a game because. Some games are more family-friendly than others, where you'll have, you know, kids five and under there. Other times you'll have just 18 and up. I don't see the regular sports world taking roller derby seriously when skaters are using funny sexualized names. And very few people will even know what town or what city or what team to cheer for if they don't even know where the city's at or what team is, where the teams are at. With the exception of Team USA and a few skaters, a lot of them use their... or sorry. Team USA skaters use their last name when they play against other countries for the World Cup that happens every two years. Right? Two years? Yeah, two years. And some skaters in their normal teams have kind of changed and started playing under their own last name versus playing with the um, derby name. Yeah, I thought I was going to go on longer about all this. So it's the team names, the ruling governing body of, of Um Oh, and then all the different teams. So. With the ranking system, I lost track of how many roller derby teams there are. There are over 200 that are recognized by WIFTA, And there's Division One, and Division Two. Division One are the ones that get, or all are getting ranked, but the highest ranked teams are in Division One, the top 100. And then out of those teams, the top 20, top 40 play in tournaments and increase their ranking and all the ranking system kind of goes kind of wild from there. Um, Because like I said, it's kind of collegiate style ranking, which doesn't make sense unless you're a math nerd. Then there's um, ranking teams, tournaments. There's something else with WIFTA that kind of bugs me. Oh, um, so with roller derby, or at least in in women's roller derby. So there's also men's derby. And they're not as popular as not as uh, many teams. I think there's about 50 men's roller derby teams worldwide. And I would say about 30 to 35 of them are in Europe. The rest are just like in major cities in the U.S. Uh, Chicago, Bruce Brothers, Austin, or sorry, Austin Anarchy or Texas Anarchy. And at one time there were more. There was a Houston team, Austin team, and Dallas team. And they all kind of combined and merged into the Austin team just because life happens guys fall out of it they get into some other sports or whatever whatever reason but normally even these teams are down to about eight to ten players per team so it's not as um, popular or popular to play or even popular to watch but um, it is more of a hard-hitting team hard-hitting game whereas with female uh, derby there are more strategic so in their blocking that's more of static movements and holding a team back and making wedges so their teammates can get through the game. And men's roller derby for the most part is kinda of like tackling on skates. Uh, at least as far as the hits go. Men's roller derby is a little more open than women's roller derby, though now they are merging under one umbrella or they have by now at some point they were I know they were in the talks of doing so. Men's roller derby was hey you can come play with us regardless of your sex or orientation or identity. Um, and this started out with um Some female skaters that wanted to play and have more of the physical challenge to improve their skills to take back and play in their own team. Others are trans men and men's roller derby like, hey, fuck it, you know, come play whatever you are. We're just not going to take it easy on you. was kind of the the gist of what their announcement was. Women's roller derby kind of backpedaled a few times where it would be, no, it's an unfair advantage if we have trans women playing because, you know, this, that, or the other. And they're like, okay, well, we'll allow it, but you have to be this, that, or the other. You have to be going through treatment. You just can't be a male saying you're trans. And it it was a lot of back and forth, trying to be inclusive and at the same time not to give unfair advantages to any other team. And then eventually, if I understand it, uh, WIFTA and MURDA, Men's Roller Derby Association, was um, trying to merge and become under one umbrella and have under one rule set because MURDA is... um, kind of essentially uses WIFTA rule set. And I don't think there's much changes to them for any accountability. And over the years, the rule set has changed and made more concise and more clear. At first, it was kind of frustrating and silly trying to understand them because at one point there were minor penalties and major penalties and now it's just one type of penalties. And cuts, track cuts were, were the biggest thing that were annoyance because sometimes you would cut the track accidentally being getting knocked out or on the inside of the track. So you kind of come in through the circle, get knocked out to the, knocked to the inside of the track and keep going, trying to stop yourself in time. And because you ended up in front of the track, wait, here we go. So you're going around. You get knocked out as a skater from in the track, out of track. You skate across back onto the track. And then you try to stop yourself and come back in behind the person that knocked you out. And that would be an automatic track cut, even though you had no control to stop or didn't have an opportunity to stop yourself in time. That was an issue. So now that's no longer a track cut as long as you yield to the person that um, knocked you out and they have to pass you or you have to come back in the track behind that person. So, so that's all the bad of roller derby. What I love about derby, and it's, it's not even bad, it's just frustrating knowing how things are done, how uh, things are operated, and how I would like to see roller derby taken as a serious professional sport, but the biggest issue I see roller derby teams doing to overcome that is changing their names and it's going to be hard for a lot of teams to change their derby names or sorry change their league names from Alamo City whatever to San Antonio and a good team name which um, San Antonio or the Tejanas so hopefully that would work and be recognizable across the country most like I said most other leagues their team names are just all-stars or uh, something the effect of all-stars I can't think of right now but there's a lot of all-stars. You can't have 30 to 40 different all-star teams. What I love about Derby though, is the friendships I've been able to make that transcend socioeconomic statuses. So you can be friends with a doctor, be friends with the waitress. You can be friends with um, morticians, like all all kinds of people in between. Not that I have any mortician friends, but a friend of mine has mortician friends um, or mortician acquaintances, sorry. And it is kind of crazy to me how regardless of whether someone's blue collar or white collar, whatever their job is, they can still be friends and find a commonality in playing and enjoying a sport. And so there's a lot, there's a huge lack of judgment. And I don't know if it comes from roller derby itself or because there's the alphabet mafia kind of really deep inside of roller derby. I would say maybe 40% of members are alphabet mafia. They're But it makes sense that everybody can come together, be friends, ignore biases to enjoy something that they're a part of, they contribute to. And it's kind of like a second family. Although like families, um, there's a lot of bickering. And with the bickering is how we get so many leagues. Like You would wonder, how do you have 200 leagues in the US when other sports or teams, well, I guess maybe Pop Warner, like Little League and those, you could have a bunch of teams. But the reason there's so many teams, or one of the reasons there's so many teams, is let's say you play in one city, random city, um, Coca-Cola City, right? Coca-Cola City have all these games. Everybody plays. Some skaters feel like they're A-team skaters, and these bitches that are on the A-team don't like them, and they're keeping them out of the out of playing these games because you know they just hate them because they're so good, they're so badass that. Um, they don't want to be outshined by them. So now one or two skaters that feel that way leave Coca-Cola City and decide to make Pepsi City. And they're going to start a team because they're badasses. They're going to kick everybody's ass. They're going to be the best skaters that ever was because nobody understands them. Nobody understands their gameplay, whatever. But it's essentially bitter skaters that aren't getting the recognition they feel they deserve when actuality, for the most part, they're not that good they are B-team level skaters. They're not A-team skaters because they're not team players. They might have good individual skills, but they're not team players, so to speak. So now there's Pepsi City, starts their own league, gets a lot of skaters to play. Now Coke and Pepsi might have some skaters that they just want to play. They don't don't want to travel. They don't want to do A-team stuff. They don't want to go across country and play. They just want to play the game. They don't want to play just scrimmages. They want to play against other teams, other players. So, they decide, their own, decide to form their own team. Let's call it Diet Coke. Diet Coke team, they're not trying to be with the level skaters. They just want some actual playing time because Coca-Cola City is playing for ranking. They want the best of the best to play. And the Diet Coke City team, they just want to play. They just want more game time, more play time. So they start off recreationally, play around um, invite other skaters which for the most part are either older or overweight skaters to play but they're having fun it's it's usually called a rec league or recreational league over time these skaters because they get to play so much they get so much playing time they get a little bit better they start losing weight and they they may be over um older you know over 30 most of the time skaters are in their 20s to early 30s but there are skaters over 30 and 40 that are excellent skaters that are a team level skaters but sometimes they have a background in some other um some other sport so either cross country or figure skating jam skating some other thing that kind of carries them over because they maintain that they maintain the athleticism they've had from something else so diet coke city they're playing they're getting better they're not a level teams but They're, they're almost good enough to play against Pepsi. So then Pepsi and Diet Coke start playing against each other. And Diet Coke has a couple of really good skaters. Pepsi steals a couple of the Diet Coke skaters because you know, they want to play on higher level teams. Diet Coke gets frustrated because they're losing their good players and now they can't play. So now the Diet Coke city kind of changed their mindset from just being here to have fun to actually wanting to be like Coke or as good as Pepsi, and play more teams. Pepsi wants to overshadow Coke. Coke is just Coke, right? So that happens in a lot of cities. Houston, at one point, had six different teams. Well, the Houston area. Battlegrounds, Houston, Rocket City, Northside Fury, Yellow Rose, can't think of it. I want to say there was another one and I can't think of it, but they, they were kind of like a flash in the pan. They were around for three four months. In any case, now Houston only has three. Houston, Yellow Rose, and Rocket. Austin has a couple of Free Radicals, TXRG, and well, yeah, TXRG and TXRD. So Texas Roller Derby is the Bank Track. So there's Bank Track teams too. That's like a whole other thing. Bank Track is a lot of fun to watch and referee but there's not that many teams that play bank track because of the expense of having a banked track. They essentially have to have a facility that can have it there all the time because it's not that easy to tear down and assemble a bank track. And every time you put it, take it apart and put it together, um, it it kind of loses its stability because you're screwing down sheets of um, masonite onto a form. And sometimes over time, time, those screw holes are not going to hold. So that can be a danger there. What else is there? Frustration, love yeah, and and for me, the beauty of roller derby is the camaraderie and the friendship because I have friends across the country now that I can reach out to and say, "Hey, I'm going to be in town. Can I crash on your couch? vice versa, they can crash on mine, take each other out to eat. And the one thing that I look forward to the most is going to rollercon, which is every July or usually in July, last week or second to last week of July, and it's in Vegas, so a lot of skaters individually come and help put this together. This convention is the only one that I know of that is kind of volunteer based. So security is based on volunteers. Um, the setup and teardown is all volunteers. There's very few people that are hired or paid to do any work. Um, if anything, it's contracted out to the hotel itself for, you know, random things, you know, bringing out chairs or, uh, trash cans or whatever. And even when they bring it out, it's still the skaters or volunteers, officials that help put them out. So, um, yeah, the, the roller derby phenomenon is great. I really hope that it continues to grow or at least grows in a more positive manner in terms of um, going towards ESPN, going towards being recognized as a major league sport by dropping the, the city um, cute names. And adopting real team names. And huh. this kind of makes me sad because roller derby could be a great sport that is female-led, female-owned. But female versions of major league sports aren't as popular. WNBA, WPGA, you know, all these other sports that have women in them don't have the same attendance as males. Don't get paid as much as males. The pain part makes sense because if you don't have the fan base to be able to justify it, then yeah, no, they're not going to get paid the same as um, NBA players do. So, but I think in, um, roller derby has a potential to be that version of high level, high paying, um, sport as NBA, NFL, NBL, and wait, yeah, no, MLB, sorry. What was I thinking? That's just my two cents on that. Hopefully I can get some roller derby friends to come on and we can have this discussion and kind of go back and forth on what our thoughts are on the whole thing. In any case, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining. I appreciate you. I love you. Until next time, bestos. and sucias. I'm Devato Gallo. Welcome to another episode of Sucias are my favorite. My issue is that there's a lot to love. And then there's a lot of things that don't make sense in any sports arena. And I'll get to them in a second. But I have quite a few pet peeves regarding roller derby. Uh, one of them, or the biggest one for me, is that roller derby has its own Overarching entity called, uh, called WIFTADA, WFTDA. They prefer to be called WFTDA whenever you're mentioning the initials. It's easier just to say WFTA. Some of you may or may not know, of course, like Major League Baseball, and NBA, or National Basketball Association, National Football League, uh, Professional Golf Association, or golfers. I Forgot PGA, right? So all the major um, sports have their own league, their overarching entity that actually their job is along with dealing with disputes and, and teams amongst each other, they also set the schedule for the teams to play each other. In roller derby, it's up to the individual teams to set up their own uh, competing teams that they play with. And roller derby is purely volunteer. Very few people make any money. Uh, only the most elite skaters, uh, they don't make money, but they get uh, sponsorships. So they'll get... Um, free gear every so often either whatever their sponsor is, whether it's boots, skate wheels, um, plates, pads, helmets, um, uniforms. So usually the uniforms are part of like a discounted deal for the team rather than individual skater. And sometimes they'll even like throw in money for airfare or pay for a hotel if they're doing some kind of promotion or cross promotion with the uh, sponsor. The teams in each individual city and, and this is where my, all my frustration starts in. The teams in individual cities are called leagues. So there's a league, quote unquote, that would be based out of Austin, Houston, San Antonio. So that quote unquote league has several teams under the umbrella. They have the A team, which is the top tier travel team, a B team, which is usually um, almost A team level skaters, or they are A level skaters, but The A team is only limited to 20 uh, skaters on a roster, and only, I forgot if it's 12 or 16 that get to play. Um, So basically, the full 20, there's a couple of alternates in case someone gets injured or someone can't go because of, um, you know, whatever, family illness or whatever's going on in their lives. The B team is kind of like, for the most part, the idea of it is the A team skaters that are almost A team level or skaters that. You know, there's just too many to be alternates, so they're kind of like backup alternates. Then you have home teams. The home teams are the teams that play against each other within the city to generate sales, money, merchandise, ticketing, whatever, fundraising, essentially, getting people to come watch them play, and that money feeds into the B team and A team to go and travel. And there's other ways of fundraising. Um, There's a particular league in Canada that is apparently phenomenal at fundraising and i've been able to do so many things that most teams can only dream of um, and this team is a pretty small or in a fairly small city compared to new york dallas uh, los angeles all these other teams my second frustration with roller derby is the team names so in most major league sports other than a few overlaps like the oilers there's a well there was a football team That American football team named the Oilers and a Canadian um, hockey team named the Oilers. I think there's like one or two others that are like that, that there are two teams. I think Penguins. No, wait. Penguins is all hockey. But there's a couple of teams that you can just say the name. So like the Mets, the Yankees, Buccaneers, Raiders, Raptors, Thunder. Those, just by saying the team name, you know what city they're from and what sport they play if you were to look up roller derby you have to know the city name and the team name otherwise you wouldn't be able to find them on google or through searches some of them you probably could and even then most of the time they're known by the league name not by the individual team name for example um, Gotham City I can't think of what their a team name is but I know where Gotham City is or at least I know where the team Gotham is from, which is New York City. And that's the second part of my frustration is that most leagues use a cute, slash, silly, or regionally known nickname. So, does anybody know where Naptown is? What about Gold Coast? Rat City. These are team names that, at the time when roller derby was getting its resurgence in 2003, 2004, it was going hearkening back to its older roots of being. A kind of like wrestling on wheels, if that makes any sense, which is, you know, for show, for fun, um, not to be taken seriously or, you know, kind of seriously, but it's, it's more of a fun spectacle type sport.